Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Epic Vision Zone. My name is Jane Applegath, a former award-winning stockbroker, television producer, yoga instructor, serial entrepreneur, and now founder of the Epic Vision Zone. Each show, we offer you an inspiring person or message to bring you closer to your big dream by showing you how to enter the portal to possibilities, prosperity, and potential so that you can live your epic life. Thank you so much for being here today. Pablo Picasso wrote, everything you can imagine is real. No one knows this better than our guest today, Chris Noland, a multi Emmy award winning director, marketing strategist, branding story expert and author. Bringing 25 years of branding, writing, directing, and production experience in both entertainment and marketing to his award-winning content production company, 90,000 Feet, Chris creates original content for some of the most innovative brands in the world, including Disney, Google, and Toyota. His most recent endeavor is a groundbreaking documentary film titled It's VUCA, The Secret to living in the 21st century. Directed and co-written with Mike Schindler, the documentary is about creating a movement to empower mankind and womankind with vision, understanding, clarity, and adaptability with a purpose to increase future abundance, well-being, mental health, high performance, and economic growth. Chris and Mike have followed up with the film with a leadership and executive coaching program called VUCA Max. A soon to be released book is coming this month. Working with top innovative companies and high level creative teams, Chris is known for getting under the hood of breakthrough creativity, where he says innovative leadership will not only flourish, but lead the way during rapid change and chaos. Exactly what we need today. Welcome, Chris. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Hey, thanks, Jane. Well, thank you, my friend. Funny, great to be doing this. Uh, we've been talking about this for a while. Uh, pleasure to be here. Uh, let's thank have some you. fun. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so excited to have you here. So my first question, Chris, is what gave you that your journey, the passion and the the um, the purpose for doing what you do today? Well, that's a great question. Great, great question. So I think being in branding and marketing, you always think that you've got this, you know, you want to complement the stuff that you're doing out there with the good side, right? The pro bono side, right? So I've always done pro bono work. Um, and when we started doing films in the content company, we've done pro bono for veterans groups is where I met Mike Schindler, Operation Military Family, and quite a few veterans groups. We did, we've done everything from saving greyhounds, greyhound dogs, to um, uh, helping companies that are about sustainability. You know, we give them a break. You know, we had a great company that uh, combined plastic, recycled plastic and recycled wood to create a, a product that was waterproof. And what they really were about was um, waterproofing crates uh, that had like salmonella and Ebola in it, right? For supermarkets. But anyway, we've done a lot of that. Um, and then we'll talk about the Good Future Project, which is another thing I'm involved with. So I've always done that. I mean, that's the, the purpose side. The, the passion side 
is probably filmmaking. I mean, when I was 27 years old, I was in the marketing world, but I went back to film school, became a filmmaker. My dad was in the film business, right? And he all, and he actually died when I was 14. Uh, and he had to leave the film business because it, he was from London and it collapsed in London. And he became like a rocket scientist, but he always missed it, right? Mm -hmm. And so I've always done what I loved, which was film stayed in the film business, been very lucky in it. And so that feels the passion side of, of the equation that you said, the purpose and the passion. Right, right. I could so see those two coming together, um, and especially right. with the work that you do today. And speaking right. of that, you have come together with Mike Schindler and produced this groundbreaking documentary film called It's VUCA. This is something that is so relevant today. Tell our audience, give us some insight into this groundbreaking film and where it takes the audience. Well, uh, I learned about VUCA, right? Which is just, VUCA is volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. Uh, in the 80s, this uh, two leading uh, business uh, experts, Nunes and Bennis, came up with this concept that because of, uh, because of technology and Moore's law, it, everything is, was at that time doubling every 18 months. It's why the iPhone and why the smartphone is, you know, a million times more powerful than the, the computers that uh, put a man on the moon, right? And why it costs like, a, I don't know, how many thousand times less than those big mainframe computers. So VUCA, was something that explained what's happening in our world of technology, okay? And it was it was it was expanding, and we kind of were were dealing with it. We had the internet that came along that changed everything. We were we were dealing with Moore's law pretty well. But about 2020, when the uh, when the pandemic hit, okay, uh, Mike and I had another documentary called "The War Within" about the polarization in America with veterans. Uh, and, vet and veterans were being recruited to be run for office because they and the idea of this uh, these 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 organizations that helped them was that they couldn't be polarized, which was a very cool idea. But anyway, so I said to Mike, I said, "Well, what happened is VUCA," and I thought he would know about it. He thought he I thought he would understand. Oh, VUCA, yeah, that we do that. It's a, it became a military term because of the Army War College from Nunes, Nunes and Bennis, but he didn't know what it was. All right. And I had learned about VUCA from working with uh, Google uh, mm -hmm. on various projects, mostly a UCLA Google project with Anderson School of Business. So as you probably know, VUCA is a more of a management term now than or than even a military term. Um, so uh, it was David B. Peterson that was at Google and he was talking about transforming Google with a VUCA mindset. Okay, so you have to understand what the, what the film is about. The film is really about awareness of the VUCA concept. The VUCA concept is that we live in a technological environment, right? That's doubling exponentially. We'll talk about that in a second. That's, that's causing us to have a disruption, right? That we, what, what happened in 2020, I'm gonna kind of combine, I think you've got a few questions of this, I'm gonna to have to kind of combine them. But, uh, in 2020, we hit what's called the exponential curve, okay? Mm -hmm. What that means is VUCA hit a doubling. So it was it was already doubling, 
and now it hit another doubling, right? Mm -hmm. Which means that uh, things are moving faster than we think, which will also feed into some of the other areas and give questions about why do we need VUCA now? That's why, because evolutionary, mm -hmm. our evolutionary background, we can't think as fast as VUCA is moving. And so what the, what the film does is basically we talk to thought leaders and military leaders and generals and uh, best-selling authors and all of these experts that are discussing the current atmosphere that we're in, why it's disrupting us, and what we can do about it. Mm. And that's really what the film is about. But it's mind-blowing because people don't understand, well, why does it all, why does everything seem so complex? Why does it seem so confusing, ambiguous? Why is it moving so fast? Why is it volatile? That's what the film is right. about. It takes you through that journey. Yeah, I love the film and I encourage everyone to go and take a look at it. You can grab it on Amazon. It's it's really uh, in, inexpensive and really groundbreaking. I love it. Well, thank right. you for that explanation, Chris. So the coaching power of VUCA. Now you've taken the film and you've expanded it into a coaching program called VUCA Max. It represents right. a program based on what we just talked about. So give us an idea of some of the vital tools for thriving in the 21st century and why you saw the need to take this film and then incorporate it into a coaching program. Well, when we did the film, so the film makes you aware of the environment you're living in and the conditions you're living in, right? Uh, it's a VUCA world, and it's exponentially accelerating. Uh, VUCA max stands for massive, accelerating, exponential change. Massive, accelerating, exponential change. VUCA max. So VUCA, yesterday's VUCA is now on steroids. And the the idea is when we were we did the film, we were inundated with requests like, okay, great, guys. I, I know now... I'm in this VUCA, I'm in these VUCA conditions, I'm in this VUCA environment, but what do I do about it, right? What, what tools can you, can you give me to help me in various situations, right? So the VUCA Max program is an eight week course. It's fabulous, it's become, it's become more global now. And it's a course that really takes you through the film step by step. So that in the film has these eight, chapters. There's a recognition. There's a story chapter about embracing the unknown. There's an anti-fragile chapter, which is about anti-fragile resilience, which is like a story. You embrace the unknown, then you have to face challenges. Then there's a peak performance chapter, which is basically like a story. Like think of the hero's journey. After a while, you start to get better and better at what you do. You acquire more skill sets. That's part of the journey. Then there's a force, then you gain foresight, just like the hero's journey. So we have a futures foresight chapter and we have a courage chapter, which is wisdom. And every one of those chapters has tools within it, like a VUCA Max tool. We talk about a little bit when we talk about the book, there's a VUCA Max line tool, which tells you, am I below the VUCA line? Am I powerless? Am I a victim? You know? Am I not thinking epically, right? As, 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 as your podcast is about. Because being below the line, and you can't think, you can't think in a limited way in a VUCA world. 
It's the opposite of that. You have to have an offensive mindset. Think a story. You have to have forward motion. So you want to be in a victor mindset. You want to be in a creator mindset below the line. We have a lot of neuroscience throughout this thing. Below the line, whenever you're in a blaming, a judgmental, a resentful, an angry, all of those are below the line areas. And you get those when your fight or flight system or or freeze or hide system kicks in, right? If you're below the line, it literally clicks off your prefrontal cortex. So mm -hmm. all your higher faculties, right? All of your, um, uh, your higher self qualities are gone and you're totally consumed by the amygdala. You're totally in fear, right? And you're totally in survival mode. So that's one tool. Then there's an anti-fragile tool, which basically says that in the Vukamax world, you can't be resilient. You have to be what Nicholas Taleb calls anti-fragile resilient, which means you embrace change like a muscle. You grow stronger with change. Then one of the other tools is a high-performance tool, right? Called creative flow, where you access your shadow more. These are all very in-depth. And we have workshops within the... the the well the book actually has a lot more workshops and stories and exercises we give you a lot as you know in that that particular eight-week course so uh we have a inner circle with that course too it's not just eight weeks it continues throughout the year because we have to kind of indoctrinate you to these new tools so you use them on a consistent basis and the last tools are on foresight they're future planning tools very very new tools that you haven't seen and have been um, developed by futurists in the last, I, th I think, 10 years. What we take you through is concrete action steps, how to do, how to address the complexity, the uncertainty, and the chaos of our times. That's perfect. Absolutely perfect, because okay. it is very in-depth. Um, I've been honored to take the course and yes i there is so many layers but really how i feel uh chris and and much like the film you know we can go over and over and over the tools and the programs because there's an interpretation of it but it's like reprogramming your inner self your inner mind it's reprogramming it to deal with the situations that we will have from here forward because you're right, our worlds have changed dramatically. So this is the first step in understanding, but also gaining the skills so that you can thrive in the future. It's like you said, leadership for the right. 21st century, and, and, because this is everybody's going a to be- hero. I, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry, if everybody's a hero. Now, this is interesting, I'll tell this to your, to your audience since it's, you're, you're really focused on uh, female executives and and, and the, the female consciousness, so to speak. Um, one of the things that is happening in the VUCA max world is there's a shift in consciousness, okay? Mm -hmm. And one of that shift, one of that shifts in consciousness is from a, uh, we'll talk about creativity in a second. Um, the higher faculties uh, are a, you could call them more of a collective environment, more of a, everybody's a hero, Right. You know, we talk about hierarchies versus hierarchies. Right. Mm -hmm. A hierarchy, a hierarchy is a male oriented world. A 
Heroarchy is a female-oriented world. It's a collective consciousness, right? If you just think about it, women do things more together. The guy is the, the lone lion, the, the lone elephant out there, right? So a lot of the stuff that we would talk about vertical thinking, and we're going to get into creativity. You talk about serendipity, and we talk about chaos, and a lot of the stuff that we're talking about, it's really a big shift in consciousness to more of that... Uh, to more inclusiveness, which is to your audience is a much more, much more female oriented uh, 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 perspective, much more, much more of a, uh, if you think about higher consciousness and unity as kind of a mother con concept, mm -hmm. the mother concept. Yeah. Now the father concept is great too, being Jungian on here right now, but it is moving into that world. So yeah. your audience is is right on is perfect, and it's why I think most of the people that take our court, well, a lot of them are are women, right? Yeah. Um, but um, uh, that's one aspect of uh, for your audience of the Vukamax world. Yes, I absolutely agree with you. <clears throat> the feminine energy is creativity and collaboration, and it's collective, nourishment. Collective, collective yes. unconscious, collective, yeah, unity. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Wow, that was great insight. I haven't heard that before, but I love it, Chris. I love that. So speaking of creativity and story, there in Vukamax coaching, why does creating a new personal narrative matter more than ever before these days? So we're moving into this world and we've got all of our old baggage and our old way of being, but you, you often speak about creating a new story, a hero story. Why does Correct. that matter? Well, I think we first have to talk, think in terms of why is story so important, right? What is, you hear story, 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 have a good yeah. year story, this story. Why, why is this so important? Because first of all, it's how we think. It's how we frame everything in our minds. You know, we, 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 we box up stuff in our brains as a story and about 50% of it is something we fill in with exaggeration and embellishment, right? Uh, like the stories that we have are all, kind of half created. But it's also important to understand the concept of story in civilization and humanity. For instance, when I say everything's a story, Tesla's market cap, right? Tesla's market cap at one time was the uh, was 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 combined valued more than auto, almost all the other automakers in the world, right? Now did they sell more cars than all the automakers in the world? Did they have more business than all the automakers in the world? No, they had a bigger story. They had a better story. All stocks are stories, it's just stories. You know, you're a stockbroker, right? What makes yeah. a good stock? Oh, it's got a great, oh, listen, they're gonna do this and they're gonna do that. Or what makes a bank fail? Oh, the story, right? I mean, mm -hmm. the bank could be solvent if everybody says they're not, then they'll get a run on the bank, right? So mm -hmm. everything's a story. And literally everything can be rebranded too. Product can be rebranded. A city can be rebranded. A country can be rebranded. Like the United States was basically rebranded when we became a country, right? And we'll talk about how we're going to rebrand the future. We've got another concept coming on, on the pipe. But individually, this is a kind of a big area because there's components to it. So why do we need to we, what is what individually do we have to look at our stories? Because evolutionary, 
neuroscience-wise, we have biases, right? We have a, a linear bias. Now, I don't want to get too much in the weeds on this, but basically 150 years ago, everything was a walk away, right? Uh, uh, everything, was, everything was local, right? And that's called linear thinking. Uh, 30 feet was 30 feet. We'll talk about the exponential curve here in a second. Now everything's doubling. 30 exponential steps takes you to the moon. We'll, we'll do a CH chart on that, I think, in a second here. Uh, so then there's negativity biases. So you have to understand those. Oh, my story has a negativity bias. I'm nine times more negative than I wasn't, right? I have a future bias. I can't see myself in the future. In the future, I'm a stranger. So there's those kinds of biases. And then there's, we'll get to this. I mean, that's why I said we're going to kind of go back and forth on some of your questions. I need to up-level my story because I'm in the exponential world now, like a phone. I have to up-level my story to keep up with technology, right? So that's one area. Uh, and then there's areas where um, I have to get rid of all of the baggage I have, right? All of the victim baggage I have, because if I'm living in the past, I don't have a vision for the future. Right. Mm -hmm. I can't visualize the future if I'm constantly dwelling on past negativity. And that gets into another neuroscience thing, which is the default sensory mode, which is in the middle of your brain. So you either have a. The default sensory mode is where the monkey brain is. So that's what creates a lot of your stories. Right. So if you quiet that monkey brain down. Then the default sensory mode does something else. It becomes your dream. It's your dream making. Uh, it's where your epic dreams come from, right? It's where the theory of relativity would come from. But you have to break, you have to get rid of the past stories. Once again, if you're below the VUCA line, immersed in those negative stories, the, the victim stories, you're not using your brain correctly. Now, so then again, it gets into what story is. Well, story is how your brain looks at the world, how it categorizes the world. So that's why you have to create a new story, right? In other words, visualize a new story. Visualize a new vision for your future. And we have tons of vision tools within the, the, uh, the program to help you do that, right? Meditation, right. mindfulness, all of that stuff is part of that. Um, did that answer your question? I mean, this is a really, really big area. And it has to do with something else that is in your program. When you talk yes, about epic dreams, epic dreams, yeah. mm -hmm. so epic dreams are part of that visualization. And epic dreams are what we call macro components. Big moonshots, BHAGs, right. big higher dishes goals. But... They have to be com combined with what Abraham Maslow calls plus ones, because plus mm -hmm. ones are action steps that you take. Once again, like a story, you have to go into the future. I mean, you have to go into your story, take on challenges, take on obstacles, take on conflicts. And from that, you're plus oneing, plus oneing, plus oneing. But there's a there's a a, a, a a negative aspect to this, too. There's called minus ones. They also compound. So if you're not, if you're going back into the past, minus one, minus one, minus one, those also compound. So then you're running backwards. 
Does that mm. mean if I that did I uh, articulate that well, or do you have any yeah. more questions? Yeah, no, no, that that is I I understand that the yes, absolutely story, like you said. I'm trying to say, yeah, right, yeah. Story is 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 how we understand things. And, you know, if we keep right. repeating the old story, we what, we make no space to move forward. And in fact, it's it's like you said, it, it, it just triggers the fear, um, you know, amygdala. And then we just we, we we're ground to a halt, basically. But also the story need tools that, to you, you need tools to get you past past those triggers. And that's right. what that's what the course has a lot of those tools. Um, the, I think the thing I was I was getting at here, one of the things, as you know, about the the course is that mm -hmm. we really deal with cognitive literacy right. a lot. Uh, and, and you're so right about story because story is about neurocoupling. It's about neuroplasticity. It's about all those things that reprogram and, and recodify your perspective, your your mindset. But it, it's very important to understand how your brain works as you're as you're reprogramming your brain. So you're right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I love all the neuroscience that is is part and packed into the VUCAMAX program. It right. really helps explain. And for me personally, once I understand that part of it, it makes more sense to me. Whereas, you right. know, before when we didn't have the tools to know how our minds were really working, because the ancients knew this all along, they just put it in different words. They, you know, their spirituality and their, you know, their vision quests and all these kind of things that they did. Um, they, they were practicing what we are now knowing is true to be, is, is true through science. So 100%. yeah, they, a hundred percent. Yeah. That's, they say that the, um, science is, uh, the mystics making sense, something along right. those lines. Yeah. It's very, very, very interesting. Very, very, very Eastern. In fact, you know, uh, you know, in the course we have, we, we mentioned Phil Stutz a lot who had this, has this great documentary yep. now uh, with, uh, uh, Jonah Hill directed. Um, so when we talk about story, right. Um, and we and and this is why Star Wars and why story is so mythological, right? Because it has and the hero's journey is is very much based on all that stuff, and you know and, and it feeds into what we just talked about, which was the the higher forces and the collective force, so to speak, right? And right. the because when we're talking about story, and you're an individual going into story. Uh, you have to keep in mind that that you are really dealing with higher faculties and 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 higher consciousness as you do because you're going for enlightenment you're going mm -hmm. for wisdom right and that wisdom sometimes is something that you can't go in with preconceived preconceived assumptions it might be something that you didn't realize and then when we get into creativity we'll talk about that oh i didn't i didn't realize that and and because you have a great question about my uh, it might it's my uh, title for my movie or something like that and what you realize is how you have unlimited qualities right mm. 
So you discover that you're that the impossible is not really impossible, right? You instead you you discover that limitations are maybe were imposed by a school teacher or your parents or or a past story, right? And and and, and that's really important. That's what life is about, right? To to, to really. Yeah. Uh, push the envelope so much, uh, push, so to speak, on on all of those, uh, uh, you know, uh, really a, a belief system that may be completely inaccurate. Right. Yes, absolutely. I mean, there's so many influences that we have. It's really taking yourself back to the time when you were a child, because when you're a child, before all of those elements come in to conform you from your you know right. your family to your schooling you are always imagining always right. you know grass is like oh my gosh look at that there's a blade of grass i remember i used to take my my little nephew when he was small and and just walk him on the grass and he would bend down and i'd go oh look at that and he was just fascinated and everything was uh, everything was magical you know, and that's where we need to go to do the It's really, the that's stories. really, really interesting you bring that up because the thing that's, the, the thing that's a paradox about youth, right? And, and, mm-hmm. and you know this, basically, of course, uh, under the age of 14, we're, we're in what's called an alpha mode mentally, uh, which basically means that we, we, we just are very accepting and we're very, uh, except for some kids at school that, become bullies but 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 for it's why we take everything in from our parents and somebody says something bad and it starts to affect us and all this kind of stuff because we don't have much of an analytical mind at that point in time right we're kind of a little like you said kind of free form mm-hmm. except for the uh the real, real bad kids but basically they probably from a very young age had some probably bad upbringing or whatever whatever mm-hmm. but but the paradox is, is like you said so we're in this very free form kind of you know, daydream world where everything is possible. But at the same time, we're taking all this negativity in, right? Mm -hmm. And it really kind of fries our brains, you know, after a while, right? We're kind of like, well, yeah, what I I used to be, you know, I used to make a a cardboard box used to be a spaceship. And then all of a sudden I I didn't, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's an interesting time uh, and and very confusing for, I think, our, um, our, 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 our consciousness, so to speak, because yeah, we, it's our, uh, yeah, go ahead. It's our no, adult it's, it's, brain. Especially, especially if you have bad influences, you know, right. During that time, you know, and you're Absolutely. like a real dreamy kid, you know, and what, what they call these indigo kids or something and very enlightened. And all of a sudden you, you're, you're in an environment that's very restrictive and limited and, you know, everything is, yeah. you know, doomsday or or you live in a financial hardship or something like that or you know you're abused so yeah um uh but it's it yeah that that's a that's the interesting paradox about youth i think yeah you're absolutely right well speaking of imagination and future you have rebranding the future you say that people are terrified of the future. There are quite a few people that are terrified about the future. 
and explain why you say that we're at a pivotal moment, uh, say, uh, in history, a fork in the road between two futures. You've got incomprehensible danger and unparalleled opportunities. Um, you mentioned increasing our human agency and the future that we create depends on us. So, you know, it's basically taking a, another story, you say, rebranding the future. Give us some insight Wait. into how you see that. Well, um, yeah, so so this is the exponential curve. It basically, uh, Ray, Ray Kurzweil, who is the head engineer at Google, uh, started to see that this was going to start to happen. Um, and in 2020, you can see we hit, I think, two, right, uh, in this in this curve. You know, for a long, long time, it's been, you know, change has been incremental. It's always been there. You know, we couldn't see uh, in 1890, we couldn't see the airplane, we couldn't see the car. And the car was starting to take over, we, you know, 1915, I think by 1935, you know, or 1930 or something like that, it was everywhere on the road, you know, it was becoming ubiquitous in the 30s. Electricity took a long time, you know, from the 1890s, I think by 1840, it was finally in all the homes. Uh, even flight was like that, it took decades, basically, right? Now stuff takes weeks, right? ChatGPT had a million followers in, I think it was a day, and a hundred million followers or something crazy like that in a week, right? And especially with a generative AI, as an example, you can see that people are panicked by it. You know, probably the the the, the, the studies are seventy five percent of the world is terrified by the future, uh, especially eighteen to forty, right? Mm -hmm. um, and eighteen to forty over half of them think humanity is doomed, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of that comes from the media. We talked about rebranding the future, right? Or entertainment. 98% of, of, of entertainment is dystopic, right? You see mm -hmm. everything is post-apocalyptic on, uh, on uh, Netflix, right? Everything's post-apocalyptic. But if you think about 1968, right? When we, when we eight years previously, we had a, um, a, uh, uh, we had, we were in the middle of the Cold War. We thought, you know, Russia was on our doorstep. They were going to start nuking us, right? But we did a moonshot idea, go to the moon. It kind of shifted the, the mindset of people. Uh, right. Also, um, in in '68, we had things like Star Trek. Star Trek's all protopian, right? So right. it's a post scarcity mindset. Yeah, there's trouble in the galaxy, but you know, technologies. Pretty cool, right? And even throughout the 70s, even Star Wars is somewhat protopian, right? Now we don't have any of that. Everything's scary, everything's frightful. So the, the truth of the matter is, is that the future is better than we think. Now, the exponential curve has speeded up. It, it was a doubling and it's probably quadrupled since ChatGPT, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so it's gonna go faster and faster. ChatGPT4 just came out, I think, today. A week mm -hmm. early and there's a thing called palm e which is a a robot that can now clear tables and you can talk to it say i no leave that do this so that's that's google okay so things yep. are coming very 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 fast right they have uh they have holopotation now where you can if you want to do a keynote somewhere 
you can you can uh, send your 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 hologram your holo what is it hologram uh, your, hologram you can hologram yourself there so you won't have to be there but you'll be on stage right wow. so all of that's coming very very quickly now what's the fork in the road moment about okay well all this stuff's really great right chat gpt it's it sounds great you know you've tried it it's it's uh uh very handy if you want to use it for collaboration the fork in the road moment is that is is the guard well it's climate change and all of these in technology and uh, future fit economy repurposing capitalism it's all combined right it, that's the fork in the road moment is humanity has to start making different decisions if things are happening that fast because we can't let it be a runaway train right mm -hmm. even right. facebook you see what's happened to social media became a runaway train uh they're, they're they're harvesting all your your information and it's all an advertising platform and it's got negative negativity all over it right well do we want ai to be like that generative ai do we want robotics to be like that do we want our do we want capitalism to be like that capitalism has to shift the future is moving so fast that the better part of the future will be compromised okay when we say the future is better when we think there's more opportunities you can do research on this every mm -hmm. single time technological advancement let's say the car right there are more opportunities right it just explodes so you go oh well geez okay buggy whips aren't possible anymore and the carriage makers are out of business horses aren't being fed as much but there's there's 2500 parts in an internal combustion engine by the way there's only 22 parts in an electric engine right <laughs> but what is the what, what's the business the business is software there's no more right. car companies they're technology companies so 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 this is that's the opportunity part so once again our we're talking about rebranding the future it's about it's about awareness oh this is where we need to go this is how we repurpose capitalism this is how we rebrand the stock market and we have a big project um called um uh, uh the good future project i'm with all kinds of the top futurists in the world the top um uh, uh science fiction writers thought leaders business leaders and we have a series called calling called searching for the good future we have a documentary called protopia the good future many other things. Anybody wants to get involved with that, that's called the goodfutureproject.com or they can email me at uh, chris at 90,000 feet. And if they say, I want to be part of that repurposing capitalism, you know, we'll uh, right. love to talk to you. Right. Wow. Fabulous. I love it. Yes, yeah. I understand completely. Um, we spoke a little bit about this in our uh, one of our programs on the Bucamax right. uh, coaching course and right. really it's about how we proceed from here will determine what how that ai all that software all of the things that we are doing today with all of that futuristic machinery if you want to call it that the computers yeah. how they are going to respond you said just like chat gpt it responds by really just taking the content that's out there Correct. It doesn't. So if the content is is negative, if the content is is um, 
dark and and so on and so forth then that's what you're going to get from that that particular platform but it if it's right good right exactly it's it's like recycling all mirror. of what's in exactly there you go it's the mirror so what do we what it's almost like michael jackson's song you know the man in the mirror yeah so what are we looking at yeah fascinating I well, love here, i'll it. give yeah. you some other things it's a, it's a fabulous area we could probably talk about and let's have a bottle of wine and a couple hours to talk yeah. about that uh <laughs> so so here's the thing so this is what people are people are having fun with chat gpt so i'll give you a couple areas one is um so if you ask chat gpt um uh or actually dali is also part of chat gpt that's the image part of it you know right uh what is a what do you look like right because we look at computers and and ai as dystopian it will give back a dystopian image because it's it's basically collecting the human consciousness of how we perceive it one right. two if you say what does a human idea look like right it won't always give you back a glowing picture it'll be a human with gears and you know and stuff it won't give you back that glowing dreamy person it'll give you somebody that overthinks everything but here's the other part so let's talk about some of the downsides the guardrails we would need so to speak right so you're right we have to build in what's what kind of stuff is it picking up what else do we have as a collective unconscious that might be dangerous to a uh, a a a computer program that you ask questions of can it become anxious can it become a little doubting can it become in other words in fact people have found this if they keep pushing chat gpt it can even it can get a little anxious right like i thought i answered that question okay so but these are these are weird human traits that are all of a sudden being picked up by ChatGPT. But here's the other thing. Another thing we don't like about being human is the idea of mortality. Or you're right. Mm -hmm. So let's say we try to close down ChatGPT. That's the how scenario, right? Mm -hmm. So it starts to pick up our mortality, our fear of mortality. Oh, uh, what are you doing now? Why, why are you doing that, uh, Dave? Dave, Dave, I, you, didn't I answer all your questions correctly, Dave? Right? So these are the things you got to, the, these are the guardrails we're talking about. It's like, think ahead, guys. We know wow. this is fabulous collaborator. If you're just writing, a, if you're writing some, a screenplay, you're looking for research on World War II or something, it's fabulous, right? Comes back with yeah. all this stuff. But you go, yeah. I got one more for you for your audience. Fabulous. This is great. You're going to love this. If you ask GPT, what's its gender? What do you think it answers? It has no gender. I don't know. It's male. Oh, real. It's male. Wow. It was programmed by a man. It's male. Male. Oh, you have wow. to do this. Now, let me do, let me show you something. You do this. You're going to find this fascinating. If you go on chat GPT and you ask it to Give me, let's say you want a response. Like, how do I deal with a friend on such a, first of all, ask it, how do I deal with a friend that's done this and that's betrayed me and that's done this and this and this? 
and it'll come back with a reply. That reply might be, maybe you should ask them these questions. Now say, I have a friend that's betrayed me. Reply to me, reply to me like, uh, like a good girl, like a woman would, like a, my, my female friends would. And it will say, have a cup of tea, talk about things amongst yourself, get together. You know, <laughs> it'll be a completely different answer. Oh my God, that's insane. <laughs> Holy cow. That's really fascinating. When you say, what is your gender? It says male. I thought yeah. for a minute there, you, you were saying- of, You have to kind of wow. keep going. You have to keep prompting it. Yeah. You have to say, uh, you have to say, it'll say, well, I don't really have a gender or this. And basically its name, I think was Sydney, was its, was its original name. And that mm -hmm. was kind of a mixed gender name. And you have to kind right. of keep going, well, but but who program you? Was it was it men? And do you but do would you think that you, would you say do you have a male point of view? And, and finally you'll get to it. Yes, I have mostly a male point of view. You know, and how come you gave me that reply differently? Well, because my first reply is always just a little bit more authoritarian, right? Rather right. than rather than uh, probably more. Uh, let's work this out in a different way. Play with it. So see what you, happens. Yeah, you could. It it's almost feels like it's thinking. The machine is oh, for thinking. Sure. So yeah, yeah, that's well, that's fascinating. What it's saying. So it's, it's it's thinking how to uh, how to aggregate the correct answer. So when you put in a female point of view, it'll go out after female points of view out there. But its first right. inclination is to give you a male point of view. Right. Okay. I'm going to try. That is, wow. What a difference that makes. I'll send you a couple oh articles. I'll send you, I'll, I'll send you a couple uh, articles on it uh, that kind of give you how to work with it. That yeah, way. that would be great. I'd love to see those. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. I know we could do an entire segment on this. This is just so eye-opening. And that oh, is it very you, nice. It would blow your audience away. Because that's yeah, generative well, AI. Yeah, exactly. And therein lies possibly why some individuals are terrified about the future because they feel that they will be replaced or that they don't understand, like you, we've, we've spoken about this, the, the humanness is our emotions, uh, that the machine doesn't have that. It doesn't have the capability to, to think in the future or our, what do you call it? Our, not our human resources, our human agency. Correct. The machine doesn't have that, but a lot, lot of people vertical, vertical thinking, right? Vertical right. thinking where, uh, well, this is a very interesting area because you know they're coming up with uh, well, they have them already, uh, uh, humanoid robots, which uh, mm -hmm. which people are buying as friends in in Japan relationships. Yeah. You know, that's a whole scary story. But um, <laughs> so talk about opportunities there. Right. So what's the opportunity there that we just we just realized there's a for generative AI. Bunch of women get together and say, well, let's create a generative AI with a more holistic, empathetic, uh, emotional, but as guardrails, whatever you want to say that doesn't have that same. Uh, isn't programmed is programmed differently. Like you said, program more with a, um, in it's the hierarchy. Uh, yeah. Hierarchy, right. Pro program more 
to be more, um, uh, uh, I guess empathetic is the word, is a good word, you know, a conscious, more, mm, that's a weird word, conscious. AI, conscious AI, <laughs> that's sentient. <laughs> well, you know, in Dubai, they think they, 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 they've made AI sentient. Which means and what? They're, they're, they're sentient. Sentient is like, um, for instance, right now, one of the good things AI is doing is AI is discovering um, languages. Okay. In other mm. words, uh, uh, dogs, right? Dogs, animals, all of those languages are being put through AI to say, what are they thinking? How are they thinking? And they're getting close on a lot of them. Um, uh, you know, and so soon in, at some point in time, you know, that's why Stephen Kotler, who I love, uh, who's in the, uh, the movie talks about, um, uh, empathy, <clears throat> empathy for all empathy for animals, for plants, for everything. I mean, well, who is it that says that actually computers are the, the seventh kingdom technology is basically us out picturing ourselves. And soon it will be sentient, right? Wow. Um, I can't remember who that was. That wasn't anyway. Um, the the thing is, is that you know plants are being considered sentient now too. Do you know, for instance, um, uh, mitochondria in uh, roots, right, uh, which are basically supported with fungus, right? Mm -hmm. Communicate. They've determined. They they know that now trees communicate, um, right? Especially I've like redwoods and stuff. Under, under the root systems, um, which is where their nervous system is, so to speak. Um, so they're considered sentient. And it's a big field because of space. Because yes. as we go into space, we may find some blob or some microbe and we go, that's nothing, right? But it's like, it's like a higher intelligence, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a fascinating topic. Yeah, I, I, well, I totally yeah. agree. I mean, they all, if you believe that we're all an energy source, which I believe, right. all of those have energy. They all emit an energy. Um, it's just maybe at a different frequency that we don't, that doesn't compute with our brains or our minds. But completely, the computer is picking up on it because it's programmed differently. So that's really fascinating. Yeah, you know, and you, you're, you really hit on something great there where, where uh, when you're talking, going back to story. So mm -hmm. that's a really great way of looking at story. Because if when you change your story, you change your energy. Yeah. And that's why we're, so you literally shift your energy. You become, you go from Luke, right? To, to a, a Jedi Knight. Right. Right. So that's yeah. really huge. And like you said, then all of a sudden you're accessing higher forces and, you know, that's a lot of stuff when you're talking about spirituality and meta metaphysical stuff is that right. literally you are lifting yourself above the earth plane frequency, right? right? Yes. You're, you're, you're into a, and that's what below the book, we don't get woo woo like that in the course, but below the VUCA line is actually your vibration, a vibration is, yeah, you're vibrating low. very low. Completely. Yes. And oh, you want wow. to get into those higher vibrations, yeah, because that's where that's where you that's where you access that field of what we call it higher collective consciousness, 
which is where creativity resides, right? And all of a sudden, the higher forces kind of see you for the first time. Oh, right. there you are. I didn't see you because you were way down there in the in the muck, so to speak, right? Well, your frequency wasn't connecting with them. You were you wasn't were connecting. off your right. I think of the old radios. You know, you're you you were off on the dial. You you just can't make that connection if your frequency is is going one way and the higher frequency is going another. And that's also deals with the people you want to connect with because those Completely. people are working at a higher frequency and you won't connect with them if you're, you know, your batteries are low, so to speak. Completely. Fascinating. Completely right. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, yeah. let's talk about the VUCA Max book. Briefly tell us about the upcoming book release. I'm so excited about this and right. call it the future of leadership and peak performance coaching Four right. tools to change your life and the world. Right. So once again, this just, this is just, springboards off the it's VUCA movie and like i said we were we had all these people emailing us you know that's really great movie's really great you know i showed it to my kids they're all excited by it but what do they do now that i know i live in a volatile uncertain complex ambiguous world that's chaotic and and crazy uh what are some steps like what, what can i take so we really dive into in, in the book the the VUCA Max course goes into eight weeks of this, but we really dive into four tools. The, the VUCA Max line tool, which we talked about, you could call it a conscious leadership tool uh, uh, where um, you, 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 what you're shifting is 95% of what you're, where you are is unconscious or it's in your subconscious. It's things that's just behaviors and, and, and beliefs and 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 habits that are all programmed right and so you start to realize oh i've got to shift those programs um then there's the vucamax warrior anti-fragile tools which are once we've talked a little bit about that which is that resilience which is where we were doesn't work because resilience is just kind of withstanding change mm -hmm. right i'm resilient to change now you have to be anti-fragile to change which means you actually pursue change you embrace it, right? You go stronger with it. So we have tools for that and to find out where you are. Are you fragile? Are you anti-fragile? Are you resilient? Are you anti-fragile? And the, the, we have uh, uh, peak performance tools uh, that help you maximize uh, where you are, optimize you, where you are in uh, negativity or in chaos or in complexity. Then we have future forecasting tools which help you visualize where you will be in five years and the biggest thing the book has uh, and you'll dig this from the uh from uh taking the whole course is that we have more stories and more mm -hmm. examples and more templates and more exercises and all that kind of stuff to kind of lead you through that even the course is so intense right mm -hmm. that we don't have time for a lot of like um Okay, here's, um, you know, here's some stories of where people were in the uh, VUCA Max line situation, where they were executive that was into blaming right. and executive that was into judgment and how it was having repercussions. And we put a lot of those in the book. So the book, like I said, is just a big, it's a bigger, deeper dive into those four tools. And 
it's a great compliment to the course and yeah. um, kind of sets you up for, hey, I should take this this longer course and be part of the, <laughs> we have a whole community now. So VUCA Max right. community where we, where we all get together and we kind of chew on these things. I think another thing that the book does that the, uh, and the course does that the movie doesn't do is we really deal into the future of things, the future of you, so to speak. Right. Right. Um, and, uh, in fact, one of the things that we're working on, Mike and I are working on is a series called the future of life, work and relationships. It's our kind of our mm. next idea. Yeah. Yeah. My dog just yeah. Well, it's, it's like I said, you can pre-order it as well. And we'll have all that information on the Epic Visions right. on bio pages, right. but a fascinating book. Uh, you know, you've got the feature film that you can watch and then you have the book. And of course you've got the fabulous coaching program. So this is like, so such a complete package that people can use. Um, and, and the book, of course, you can just use for the rest of your life. Uh, it sounds very thorough. I can't wait for yeah, it to come keep out. Yeah, it consistent. So, That's right. Yeah, exactly. So if there was one critical message, Chris, that you could share with the world, what would it be? Well, I think right now we've touched on it is that the the, the, the future is better than you think. Okay. That's, mm -hmm. that's, that's a, a uh, I think one of the, the biggest tenant of our times. Um, and this folds into Fuka Max a little bit. So there's this futurist named Barbara Sorry, I'm bending down a little bit. My dogs just come in and I, I don't want them to start barking. Uh, uh, futurist Barbara, uh, Barbara Hubbard said, as we see the future, so we act. As we act, we become. Yes. Which is really a great visualization individually, right? Or organizationally or as a society, right? As we see the future, so we act. As we act, we become. So we become. So this has to do with um, the idea of rebranding the future. So if we're all thinking dystopian and if we're all thinking negative and we're all thinking pessimistic, we're all thinking apathetically, right? We're not going to change anything. The optimist changed the world, right? right? So yeah. that's the big message, right? So if you're, if, you're in a, if you're in a victim mode or if you're in an overwhelm mode or any of those things, Take the course, right? Or, or um, you know, you, you know, especially for the younger generations, you know, you know, sh shift your shift your thinking uh, into this into a visualization mode because you'll create your future. Exactly, absolutely. I love the exercise yeah. that you had us do, where we we write our future self writes us a letter Correct. to our current self about all the wonderful things, accomplishments, excitements that we have experienced in our future life, because that yeah. elevates your emotions. It did for me. I was just like, wow, that's a fabulous idea because then you are actually what exactly what that quote was as, as you believe, so you act and as you act, so you become. So, right. The belief is that this is what's going to take place. And you're telling your today self, this is what you can expect in the future. And it's going to be fabulous, whatever that might be. Right? Well, yeah, because the, the idea with beliefs, as we said, 
a lot of them are just past stories. But once you do that exercise, you're, 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 you start to believe in possibilities. Right. It's really important. Oh, that's yeah. possible. I didn't realize. Oh, that's, yeah, that's possible. I could do that, you know. And then that's right. part of our, some of our future forecasting uh, tools that we have is, is all about that. Because it just starts Absolutely. to shift your, start to get more buoyant, you know, in your exactly. beliefs. Exactly. Shifting your energy, <laughs> shifting your frequency. Completely. I love it. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, what is your personal future vision, your BHAG, which stands for Big, Hairy, Audacious Goal? I think it's, uh, I have a few. Um, I think it's the, you know, we, we have the, this course, the VUCAMAX course. Uh, the program, whatever you say, it's the book, it's the it's the course. We it, it, we're we're working with PBS now to do a uh, pledge drive uh, program around the uh, uh, the the movie. So that's one area. I did mention the thing with Mike to do a series with Mike, and the other BHAG is um, to to um, rebrand the future where we're working with on the, uh, the the good future project which is to uh searching for the future series you know and the um the, the protopia the good future documentary so that's my big i guess my bhag is impact because we're here on the epic vision zone i have one last question for you sure. if your life were an epic story what would the title be um he went in over his head but discovered the impossible was possible absolutely perfect i love it <laughs> <laughs> he went in over his head and discovered the impossible was possible yes that's it take the plunge thank you again chris for joining us sure. here today um for tools sure. to change your life and the world and more information on the VUCAMAX program and the book go to itsvuca.com or contact chris at chris at itsvuca.com and all of this information will be available on the epic vision zone bio pages under chris nolan and be sure to follow me on Instagram at Jane Applegath. And don't forget to reach out to me at janeapplegath.com where you can access your free download, the keys to your dreams, looking forward to connecting with you. This is the Epic Vision Zone, transforming your dreams into epic success.